Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When the red light goes, take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Stephen Gagliano, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. Air. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome on. This is the Off Air Podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined as always by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Stephen Gagliano. Now, Steve, before we get into our topics today, and fair warning, we're going to have sort of a, an emotional sandwich today. The first topic will be a high, followed by something a little more somber that needs to be addressed, and then we'll finish on a high note as well. But, Stephen, I have been waiting since we last recorded on Wednesday, to ask you, how the hell was the botanical garden (laughs) at your Halloween weekend celebration? I know that everybody was waiting with bated breath over the weekend, so I'm happy that we can get this out there to address the start of the podcast. So we went in the morning on Saturday rather than at night. Oh, So it wasn't necessarily... Yeah, Uh-oh. it wasn't necessarily the big Halloween blowout botanical gardens visit that everyone was expecting. Now, when we went, there was still the kind of fall Halloween decor out with pumpkins and scarecrows that all had unique names and whatnot. But it wasn't a typical like Halloween celebration. It was, but a it was still out. very enjoyable. What was that? I said it wasn't a Halloween bacchanal. No, no, it was not. It, it wasn't uh, Wasn't everybody crazy dressed up and all that. And so we actually did not dress up. We had did not we dress around. up. Okay. No, we right. kicked around a few couples costumes ideas. None of it quite made sense. So we just kind of, we vetoed the entire thing. So, and w- similarly, I was curious what you ended up doing. Did you end up blowing it out like we talked about or did you? You know, you end up just kind of chilling. Um, I blew it out. I there did. we go. I went for it. Um, you couldn't quite give it up yet. It's, no, it's still and time I'm glad to party. I, I, I'm glad I did because here, here was my mindset. Um, watch football all day long on Saturday. Um, it was a really nice day. It was overcast, but it was nice. It wasn't like too cold. It wasn't too hot. Um, got to like 730 and, uh, I was, uh, 
was like, am I going to put a movie on? What am I going to do? So I was like, Ugh. I looked at the ticket prices like five or six times. And for those who need the reference, I was considering going to a big uh, concert at the Underground, which is really cool. I'll get to that in a second. Um, and I said, you know what? I haven't been out in forever. My birthday's at the end of the month, so I'll get some extra cash in, at the end of November um, from family and whatnot. Um, I'll sit a couple extra dogs. You know what? I deserve this, damn it. Um, I didn't have anything else specific going on. So I said, you know what? F it. I'm going to do it. I bought the tickets. I, uh, dressed up as a, like a, I kind of wore something like this, like cowboy style. Um, but I had, uh, Minecraft glasses on. So it's kind of like a Minecraft cowboy character. I said, you there know you what? Go. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So I went. And I had a blast. It was awesome. The music was so good. Uh, everyone in the crowd was super into it. Most people were dressed up. Uh, it was perfect weather because it was the, 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 the way that they constructed this. I don't know if this is always a thing or they only do this for curated events like this, but the, it's inside of a parking lot in the underground. So underground Atlanta is like a shopping center. Um, I don't even know if it's still active. It was a thing. I'm not. I remember sure. it from back in the day going to like games at Turner Field. Like the way we would go, we would always yeah. go through Underground Atlanta, which I was young at the time, so we didn't really experience right. it at night. But I, I'm not sure what it is now. So I didn't even because it was nighttime when it went. I didn't even really see what the actual structure was because they just fed you into this one specific area. But they cleared out the parking deck. And so there was a, the overhang of the parking deck and then they blocked off an area and in the back was all the bars and the food and all that stuff and the bathrooms. And then the entire front area funneled. It started off as a straight line and then it squared out into a gigantic stage. And it was so cool. I took videos. I have pictures. Um, I'll share them on social media at C Thomas radio and uh, it was amazing. The party went till 3.30 in the morning. I stayed to the Ooh, bitter end. Wow, uh, you really did blow yeah, that. That is I the did. complete opposite I did. Of, and of staying in. No, and you know what? It was so much fun. There were I didn't need a Red Bull. I didn't need a five-hour energy. I was just fueled off of beer and crowd vibes. And, and it was really a great time. So I'm really glad I decided to go. Uh, met so many cool people there. Um, everyone was super friendly and, and just into it. And, you know, it was so funny. I have not danced so hard. I literally had Charlie horse calf cramps <laughs> the entire day yesterday. I'm not exaggerating. I took one step out of my bed yesterday and I immediately fell back into my bed because <laughs> my left cramp or my left calf curled up into a ball and was just cramping for like two minutes straight because I've not danced that hard in, in a very long time. So it that was, sounds like the perfect excuse then to spend all Sunday, just watching I, football I, and if, not move. If I moved 50 steps, I moved 5,000. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I'm really glad I did it. Um, did you wind up, did you guys wind up doing any Halloween celebration or just, so just, we went to uh, we went to the Chattahoochee Food Works uh, food okay. hall kind of thing. We went to that area in West Midtown. 
and like they had Halloween stuff kind of set up around there. Um, so we were there for that. And then at night we went to, it's called Spaceman. It's over by Lennox um, in like a hotel. It's on the rooftop. So we kind of did that and we thought it was going to be more of like a Halloween vibe theme up there, but it wasn't, it was a nice place, but no Halloween yeah. theme. So our Halloween celebration kind of fell flat, but it was a fun night overall. All right, so you got to make up for it tonight. Put on, I know you're not a big fan, but put on a scary movie and get under the covers with the wife and eat some popcorn, have a beer, and enjoy. Well, instead I get to subject her to Browns Bengals as a Browns fan. So, Oh, that's right. That'll be our horror movie oh, of the night. Yeah. Hey, hey. Give I think I've made that joke before about an Ole Miss game a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so It was when we were making our list, so – I went back to the well one more time, but that's that's my plan for Halloween. It, it was so good, I didn't even remember that you did it the first time. <laughs> well done. Uh, all right, so we've, we we kind of recapped and uh, took it back, and now let's take it forward, Steve. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, Give a me the mini full- transition halfway through the, uh, and it, the segment here. And I needed the full one there because, I mean, what can you say? I mean, what a game. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like the good kind of back and forth. It was like the what the hell is going on kind of back and forth. Like neither it, team wanted to win it kind of. Yeah, it was forth. like one good play, but then four boneheaded plays of equal insanity that like it evened everything out that the either team kept getting back in it. The Demir Bird touchdown where everyone just like forgot he was on the field and then you get the DJ Moore bomb and then you get the two missed kicks and then you get the Marcus Mariota interception and then you, it's just it was Steve it was I mean I, I just wanted to be laying in my bed watching football but instead I was jumping up and down further <laughs> injuring my legs uh, at the end of that game holy crap yeah in a in a game that wasn't drunk the Demir Bird touchdown with two minutes and what 14 seconds left. That's your that's your game winner. Boom, game over. Everybody drive home safely. Falcons get a nice win in a game that they kind of survive and come back. Great story. Falcons are in first place. And literally, that is just kind of where the game started, essentially. Right. I was so I was in doing digital stuff as I usually am on Sundays where it's my job to write articles and tweet and do all this kind of stuff for the station and for the website. After the DJ Moore touchdown, I had to erase what I had already started writing. So I, I take a little bit of blame for the Falcons almost losing because I had started writing an article about how they won and Marcus Mariota led a game-winning drive touchdown Demir Bird, all that stuff. I'm not going to lie. I had a tweet ready to go from the station for the uh, Dukes and Bell account too. So uh, Yeah, so we, we both own a little bit of this uh, the blown lead, which thankfully didn't turn into a loss. But it was, it was wild. And the way that the DJ Moore thing happened, I was texting back and forth with Knox, our digital manager, of let's get something up on – the celebration. And then I was like, well, it looks like the game's about to end because they're about to kick a field goal to win it. That would be the Panthers after the Mariota pick. And when they miss that, I have to erase what I already have again. And it, 
it was insane. So to, to watch the, and I, I put it in that frame and that lens just to say how many times this game should have ended. And somehow, some way at the end of it, the Falcons are in first place in the NFC South eight weeks into the season, just like we all predicted. Well, give yourself the media nugget, Bell, because you just described you were essentially a Falcons or a Panthers beat writer yesterday. Exactly. Who, if, to take you guys behind the scenes here, the beat writers, the reason that you see the articles posted so fast after the game is because they write essentially what's called the skeleton of the article and then they fill in the blanks. So a nice Halloween tie in there too how about that and i didn't again was on it we're both we're, it's just it's just the natural repartee it's right just, i'm not even trying at this point um so they write the skeleton of the article which is essentially the outline of how the game is gone and then they just fill in the oh we have an appearance yeah who is this this is butterfinger making his first appearance on the office and how <laughs> apropos as well that the name is butterfinger one yeah of the, one of the most classic halloween candies oh we're gonna have to put a video this might not be our video for the show episode but this is definitely bonus content because everyone yes. loves animals and Pretty kitty making an appearance there is uh, is gold. Okay, so Steve essentially had to do the same thing. He was just waiting to fill in those last couple of stats or words or how the game officially ended, and then it all goes to crap because it didn't play out how we thought it was going to. Again, yeah, and I'm in there. I'm in there with Chris Goforth and Harper Labelle and Oren and and Dylan. Who, they're all running the network and all that kind of stuff, and. I'm explaining this to them in real time. And I don't think they had any sympathy for me as, you know, they have a rooting interest for the Falcons right. as and do we to a certain They're point. also doing the actual on-air broadcasting of it all. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely crazy. So the, so today is going to be today is in Monday, the episode will drop Tuesday morning. Today's one of those shows. It's like, this is why we do this because we get to go into work today and just have fun and talk about, the craziest game from the weekend and it's it's what everybody's leading with today on all the national shows and everything like that but we get the true inside perspective because we watch the falcons every single play of every single game and we also know the panthers inside and out because they're a division rival so today is one of those days where you wake up you have a little extra pep in your step you leave a few minutes earlier maybe you grab a nice coffee on the way and you just you just sit back and make radio magic, Steve. And it was, again, like we talked about with whether it's the missed kicks or the DJ Moore penalty that caused the missed kicks. We are, what, three plays away, essentially, from this being an entirely different day on the station, an entirely different week on the station. But instead, like you mentioned, we get to have fun with it. And this is the second time this season that the nation – is talking about the Falcons. The mm. first one, not so great with the G with the Grady Jarrett uh, roughing the passer call against the Bucks. This time, it's in a game that you know is going to be an instant classic for years to come. And anytime the Panthers and the Falcons play each other now, which they'll see each other again in ten days or whatever it is, or fourteen days, whatever it is. Prime time. Exactly. Yeah, so next, next Thursday. Oh, that's right. So it is ten days because it's on a Thursday. So. It's leading, again, shows everywhere. It's not just here in Atlanta that this game is being seen and talked about. And it's really awesome to have the Falcons 
be that focal point of the National Football League once again. It's been and, a minute. Yeah, it has. And the good thing about our station is everybody knows that on a day like this, we're the best place to come because we are the home of the Falcons. We have the best lineup in sports talk radio, and there's no better place to break it down literally from, you know, 6 a.m. all the way through the night and 5 a.m. We'll doing the it all throughout the week. Starts now. How That's about right. That? 5 yep. a.m. Fricky and Hugh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, breaking down the Falcons. Um, give me a meaty nugget, Steve. Don't forget also tomorrow when this airs, you can go back on the Odyssey app and rewind to the Arthur Smith Coaches Show. The only place you get to exclusively hear the Falcons head coach is 92.9 The Game. He sits down with Dave Archer for a half hour, and then you get a player guest, and it's none other than Demir Bird, the guy mm-hmm. who – save the game essentially for the Falcons. Um, it would be really cool to hear from him because he's now had back-to-back weeks where he sort of come out of nowhere and just had his stats for the year, I think, are like two catches for 150 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. So he had- have thought Demir Bird and Kyle Pitts would have the same number of touchdowns. Well, right. And Lorenzo Carter, for that matter, was two know, touchdowns on the year. Right a- I mean, that was a hell of a play. That, was, that guy is a, a freakish, freakish athlete. Um, there are times I, I would like to see them just kind of turn him loose more on yeah. defense. I, I think he's shown you the ability to be that kind of freak athlete that he and Mike Bell had a great tweet on this yesterday. He said, Lorenzo Carter looks like Tarzan, plays like Tarzan instead of, you know, looks yeah. like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Right. I think he's got that look to him, that feel to him. And if they just you know, again, just tell him, hey, go get the ball, go get the quarterback. Just do have him do that way more often. It's it's I'm making it sound simpler than it is, I'm sure, but I think he has that ability. All right, Steve, let's uh let's hit it. This is the uh <clears throat> this is the down portion of the roller coaster ride, unfortunately, for this week's episode, but we obviously have to acknowledge the passing of the legendary coach Vince Dooley. Uh, passed away peacefully in his sleep at the age of 90. Um, it's It goes without saying what he's meant for the state of Georgia, the city of Atlanta, uh, Bulldog fans, young and old, uh, ones that have been there from the beginning, and people like me who just got here a couple years ago and, uh, you know, worked for the station and really got to understand uh, the importance of him and, and his legacy and the importance of college football. I come from the Northeast. I'm a prime example. You don't realize how deep the passion runs until you get down here. And it really becomes, uh, you know, every single day, 4 p.m. on Dukes and Bell, we have the sidelines with the dogs. And uh, real quick story about the coach. I never got to meet him personally. Um, I tweeted this out at C. Thomas Radio, but the cool thing is every Thursday during the college football season, we have the coach on the Vince Dooley report. It's sponsored everything. There's bells and whistles and everything and everything to it. So um, all of last season and up until th- and up through this season before he got sick, um, I got to speak to him on the phone, which is obviously a really, really cool thing to do. And when you speak to somebody every single week at the exact same time, you build a little, you know, rapport with them again. I, I never, we never got to meet, but he couldn't have been for a guy that's as big of a legend and certainly does not have to be doing that. He did it because he wanted to. He did it because he's still passionate about the team. And he was sharp as a tack. He was sharp as ever. 
Um, it was just amazing to talk to him for a few minutes every Thursday and joke around with him. And I'd ask him about the line and I'd ask him about, you know, is he making the trip up? Is he signing autographs? And, um, you know, he was always, he always just loved uh, a good riff and I'd send him off to Dukes and Bell and he, had, he would have a great 10 minutes with them. And we did that every single week. So, you know, rest in peace to the coach. And I, and I'm just glad, uh, you know, as a as a board op on a radio station, the infinitesimally small part that I that I played in, uh, you know, helping him get out there to the masses for for everyone to hear his spots every week. I I'm grateful for that. I'll I'll remember that experience for the rest of my life. You know, you don't you don't get to speak to legends very often, and he is a legend through and through. Yeah, and the name is just kind of synonymous with not just Georgia football, but really SEC football. It's a name that I've grown up hearing my entire life, and I never had the experience to meet him. But, you know, when you talk about guys like Nick Saban and these bigger names in the SEC now, none of what this conference is today happens without Vince Dooley. Mm -hmm. None of what Georgia is today happens, obviously, without Vince Dooley. And, you know, it wasn't just winning. Winning can be done and replicated. But the way that he did it and the person that he was, and you hear all the stories on a day like today where, where people are remembering him, that you can win and be, you know, you can put a good face out there to the public and have people think you're a good guy. He was. And literally every story that you've heard about him says that he, no matter who you were, when it was, he would take the time to have a real conversation with people and to make people just feel welcome. And, and he did such a great job with that. His wife, Barbara, I know was on with you guys Thursday. And even. she was phenomenal. She, uh, so it was funny about that is I only knew her through pictures and seeing her on the sideline. I, I didn't even realize that she like sort of branched out and had her own little mini media career for a while and has done some things, um, you know, in the city and in the state, the first time we, we had her on three times, the first time we had her on, my jaw hit the floor because she is incredible. She's amazing. She just told story after story after story. And she she cuts through the, the, the microphone, a radio term there. But like no matter where you are, you're a Georgia fan or not, you just listen. You just stop and listen to what she has to say. She's one of the best storytellers I've ever heard. Um, her energy was unmatched and she was, she was just incredible. She really was. Yeah. And, and to just her as, you know, somebody that you guys have talked to recently, again, it just gives you even, <clears throat> excuse me, even more insight into how great they are as a couple and coach Dooley, the impact that he had on the city, on the conference and on college football as a whole, which down here, you know, people say it, all the time. And it's a cliche for a reason. College football is a religion down here yep. in the South. And and he is a, such a big part of that. And, you know, just a figure that's just going to be missed all across college football, regardless of who you root for or, or anything like that. Yeah. Hopefully we'll, uh, you know, when the time is right, we'll get Barbara back on the show and she'll be able to, uh, you know, just sort of enjoy coaches life and share more memories and, Maybe we'll even be lucky enough to have people call in and talk to her and just share what uh, what coach meant to them in their lives. And 
those who were around for the 1980 championship and then all his work he did with the program afterwards. So uh, rest in peace to the coach. And uh, it was a pleasure getting to know him over the past couple of years. All right, let's finish up on a high note here, Steve. Uh, we just paid homage to the coach. And now let's pay homage to our Atlanta Falcons with our Hall of Fame audio of the week. Snap spot. Here's Koo for the win. Kick is away. And drive home safely. Young Way Koo from 41 yards wins the ball game. Arthur Smith and Atlanta are four and four. You know, not going to lie. Obviously, a solid call there from Wes. He, he's always the consummate professional. I wasn't sure which direction they were going to go because it had been so bad. So that was the first time I heard it on the radio because I was watching the TV call. That's obviously Western with Dave Archer, Atlanta Falcons radio network only on sports radio 92.9 the game. Um, I wasn't sure if Wes was going to call it like what I heard there was relief. Like, yeah. Holy crap. Like I just broadcasted for five hours. This, this game, you know, I sweat through my suit, you know, I lost five pounds just sitting up here with my sitting on my hands with arch and you can hear it in the call. The, just the, wow, we won. Or if they were going to go, Oh my God, this is one of the craziest games we've ever seen. So I'm, I, I was interested to see what tact he was going to take. And you could tell he was just like, man, that broadcast took as much out of me and Arch as it did the, the players. And I totally get that. Yeah, I, I think that was the only way to go after that. Maybe if you win it in regulation on a game-winning field goal or you know something like that, or even on the first possession of overtime. But the fact that there were two instances – where the Panthers, I'll say they won the game. They complete the, you know, the Hail Mary. All they need is an extra point. You figure, all right, they won. Yep. So you then you got to re-energize yourself to, to keep calling the game after they miss that one. Then Mariota throws the pick in overtime, and they get, what, a 33-yard chip shot field goal. The Panthers, like, all right, they're going to win it again, essentially. Nope, they miss it. You re-energize yourself now then you have the game winning call. So at that point, I even you know, I wasn't calling the game. Nobody nobody at the station was, you know, when we were there watching it yesterday, but we were all exhausted. So I can only imagine what Wes and Dave were having to go through in that booth trying to just will this team to a victory with their call. And so yeah, I, I think it was a sense of relief more than anything when they won it. Yeah. So from like our perspective, from like breaking down the media perspective, like you got to try to put yourself in the moment as you just did very well. Like him and Wes sitting up there from one o'clock. It's like quarter to five. They're like back and forth and back and forth. And it's holy crap. And then it's holy crap. And then it's holy crap. And then it's holy crap. And so you're just, you're just, I can only imagine just how emotionally draining it is to call a game like that. Like, you know, as the broadcaster for the team, you're with them week at week in and week out, play in and play out. You're calling every single play of every single game, and you get to this high point of Demir Bird, and then you get to the absolute low point of 
um, what's his name? The receiver for DJ Moore. DJ Moore, who who makes this incredible catch, rips off his helmet, and then you're like, "What? What's going on? There's a chance." And then he shanks the kick, and then he shanks the kick again, and in between <laughs> that, Marcus Mariota throws a pick, and you're just like, "Man, I." don't know what to make of this anymore so i bet you that i wonder if like you could sit down with him like anatomy of broadcaster and be like did you think he was making the kick right and bo morgan your uh your fellow or the executive producer of dukes and bell that you're with uh so often you will be today i know he's up in the booth with them as because he produces the Falcons radio network as well. I'm yes. curious to, to know, and I'll ask him later today when I'm in for, uh, for my shift that I wonder what their body language was like, right? You know, again, same thing with the final call or whether it's the final call or some of the big moments at the end of regulation, are they, you know, are they slumped down? Are they standing? Are they, you know, I I'm curious in that moment, because we don't see the broadcasters usually we're, we're just, we're listening on the radio. So I'm curious what uh, what that element was like. Yeah, I know the Yankees have a um, John Sterling cam. We got to get a Wes and Arch cam. There we go in the in the booth. It's just a little <laughs> one up in the corner at home games that shows it. it's running the entire game. And if there's something crazy that happens, they just tweet his reaction because it's so it's so visceral. Like when you're when you're the TV broadcaster, you got to play it down the middle. So. When, when Kenny Albert's making the call, like he's excited, but he's not rooting for the Falcons to win the game. He's not supposed to be anyway. But Wes and Dave, you've got to imagine there's fist pumping and, uh, you know, and hands on hips and, you know, leaning forward and out of the, almost falling out of the booth, like, you know, trying to, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Like, you know, you're, you're willing your, the kick into the, into the uh, back of the net as you do when you're a fan watching from yeah. I'd love to hear the Panthers radio network at you some know, point. That, we may, I call. may have to look that up today. Yeah, we may have to dig that up for the next uh, episode of the show. Um, I know their guy Mick Mixon retired. Oh, it's um, it's Anish Shroff. This is his first year oh, doing from, it from uh, ESPN. ESPN broadcaster. Um, Mick was a great. We used to have Mick on Dukes and Bell all the time. He was a consummate pro you know legendary radio voice in in the football game uh i think he, i think he put in like 30 years or something crazy like that wow. broadcast in football um so he, this is anisha's first year so this was the biggest call he he's had to make so far so that that would be very interesting to dive into for sure um so steve just an insane falcons panthers game um i know Butterfinger agrees. Yeah, speaking of Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, the, the funny thing is going to be um, what happens in, I guess, about a week and a half from now when we're back on the air after this rematch deciding uh, could be first place again. I mean, right. potentially. That's I mean, we could be doing this, this. We could be doing this all over again. I mean, it's right. going to kind of just ping pong back and forth. You would think. I mean, is Tom Brady going to, you know, lose ten games in a season? I, you don't think so. So, uh, how, how long can the Falcons stay in this thing? Is really the question. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to speak on Tom Brady's personal life. I have no idea what happened, coming back, all that kind of stuff. The one thing I will say with it, 
they have not looked good the last four weeks. We obviously learned last week that, and it was the day after the Thursday night game that him and Giselle, the divorce has been finalized and all that kind of stuff. There may be some sense of, all right, that is behind him. Right. And he may have, you know, for better or for worse, his mind might be a little clearer of now I know the outcome of that. It's not something that is, you know, being kicked around in his head all the time. So, you know, I wonder maybe the focus is a little sharper for, for Brady and the Bucks here over the next few weeks. But yeah, th- this is not a division that a team is going to run away with and win by four games. This is going to be a division that goes back and forth all season long. So really every divisional matchup is going to have such high intrigue because it could decide the division at the, uh, at the end of the season. And we didn't even mention the Aints who put a beat down on the That's Raiders right. yesterday. So it'll be Josh very fast. Maybe a, a one and done there in yeah. Vegas. They look awful. Yeah, they should be so much better than they are. Um, Mm -hmm. All all right, that'll do it for this edition of the Off-Air Podcast. Steve reveled us with his uh, Halloween hits and misses. I decided (laughs) to spend uh, an amount of money I shouldn't have spent but had a great time. We honored the late Vince Dooley, and we celebrated and reminisced in what was one of the wackier NFL games you will ever see with our first place. That's right. For the people in the back, first place, Atlanta Falcons. We will talk to you guys in just a couple days. For Stephen Gagliano, I am Chris Thomas saying thank you for listening to the Off Air Podcast.